The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. The mm-hmm. only show this week that I did not screw up what the show was. I was introing or about to screw up the show I was introing. <laughs> um, which, is, which is awesome because at some point you're going to say episode instead of issue and you haven't done that yet. Or, or I might just, I don't know, I'm not going to say jinx, but you know, be proactive. It's been what? Yes, a month? there you go. It's been a month, sort of. Sort of. Maybe. Just something like that. Maybe it just feels like a month. Could be. <laughs> or it feels like it's been a month since we've spoken last. It, it, is, is, that, think. is that all because we were back at the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair? No. No, it's because no. we did. we are not recording on our normal night this week. True. We're not. And because we did record last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. But uh, we were not able to record. We normally record on Thursday nights. We were not able to do that uh, this uh, this past Thursday. This is now actually Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know what? I I want to sidebar here for just a moment to uh, to wish Kylan and his lady bride a happy anniversary. Uh, By the no, time thank you, this, it will be their anniversary. Or, it will be. Ho- or has, and hopefully, I, or the anniversary has uh, actually passed. Well, yeah, would have. Yeah, by the time you guys hear this, would have passed, and hopefully, my head is still attached to my my body because I my my superpower is opening my mouth and saying something that I probably shouldn't say. Um, I wish I was like get your head off by now. She ain't gonna. Good point. Good point. Yeah, you know, but you know uh, I sent, but I sent you a great picture to help you with that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. You did. Now, the the thing is, that particular person is playing George Washington in an upcoming feature. I believe it's called America the Movie. That's going to be on Netflix. So I'm excited for that because I don't know. It, it's sort of like this whole '80s action kind of thing with the American Revolution. It's all animated, and I'm like, I am willing to ignore who is going, who is voicing the first president of the United States, just so I can watch my my this marries my love of history and my love of '80s action movies, and I will be wearing my GI George T-shirt while I'm watching this. Yeah, George Washington liked the GI Joe card. It's awesome. Love it. I, I want a shirt like that now. And for those of you who don't know who he's talking about, we ain't going to tell you. No, no. That's, you have that to go back to Mr. Egg. For those of you who have been listening for a while, um, if you have a guest, let us know. Drop us a line in the comments on the on our Facebook page or Twitter uh, or on the Sorcerer Radio Discord or 
wherever you want to interact with the show. Because I'm not saying, I'm not going to say his name. I refuse to do it. If there are any, we will announce next week. (laughs) But thank you guys. I I appreciate it. Um, It's 21 years. And uh, so um, your marriage is... And Melissa and I just hit 25 years back on the 15th. Yeah, a happy belated anniversary to you, because I don't know if we mentioned that on the show last week, but happy belated anniversary to you. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, so it's thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> you, do, you have one, or do you have one coming up? I mean, or we, we can give you one, I mean, since it's all, you know. Oh, my. I, I would be celebrating a... Uh, Let's see what well, what year is this? It's twenty twenty. This is twenty one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be it would be a twenty second anniversary coming up wow. this fall if I hadn't have upgraded my marital status back to single uh, several years back. Yeah, it was understandable. And what's the anniversary year for that? Because you um, can you can celebrate that. You can, if you, yeah, if you want a drive by mooning. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Okay. Gives it. Gives. Now that we have sufficiently sidetracked to the detriment of uh, of the show and the frustration of anybody actually listening, gives new um, meaning to the phrase "Moon over Alabama." <laughs> well, that's actually the statue of Vulcan, but that's full moon over Homewood. But, you know, <laughs> hey, you know if if you're designing a statue out there. You might want to uh, you might want to include pants on your statue. Because, uh, the people who sculpted uh, the the statue of Vulcan that stands over Birmingham, well, they didn't. He's got an apron in the front, but they ain't nothing but cheeks flapping in the wind on the back. What? Yeah. yeah. I'm looking this up right now because I don't know when I'm <laughs> going to get down. <laughs> Dude, you you get down here. I will take you to the statue, but. Anyway, how tall is this thing? Uh, he's pretty tall. Oh my gosh, I see. Oh my gosh, right there for all. I, I do appreciate the. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is not for the weak-hearted. No, it's not. Oh my word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from uh, wrought iron statue. Or no, it's cast iron. I think. Yeah, uh, it's an iron statue, regardless. Mm-hmm. But uh, we go from iron statues to uh, to Norse bad guys. Um, well, actually, I was going to say before we get into this week's episode of Loki. Well, mm-hmm. let's do. Yeah. Uh, Collider came out with the stories, which I found interesting. How the Rocketeer perfected the MCU formula more than a decade before Iron Man. Please, and, let's go this. And bombed anyway. Which is a shame because that's a really criminally underrated movie in my opinion i agree i love the rocketeer uh i've seen that in theaters i did too i wish i had seen it in theaters so um as the rocketeer again this is from collider.com or collider.com whatever it is um well it's not a southern website otherwise it'd be colander there you go yeah, yeah. um so it's it's fascinating. They say as the Rocketeer's reevaluation reaches its third decade, three decades, really, it's thirty years. Yeah, yeah. It came out in eighty one. No, 91. that would have been uh, ninety one. So yeah, wow. so because ten, twenty, yeah, thirty. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fascinating to break down all the ways this this film predicted the MCU blueprint. Mm-hmm. As well as what the MCU, 23 movies in, no sign of stopping, could still learn from the Johnston's rocket fuel thrill ride. Okay. To say, it, it, it isn't easy to say the Rocketeer invented the comic book movie. Look at Richard Donner's Spider-Man, or Superman Spider-Man. I'm thinking a week, I'm thinking two weeks ahead now. Um, yeah. I mean, Superman took the idea to new heights in 78. Right. Batman broke the ground at the box office. That was what, 89? With Burton. Yeah, 89. Which to me, movie wise, best Batman on screen, on the big screen. Okay. Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. For a small screen, I have it split between Kevin Conroy and Adam West. It okay. just depends on whether you're going live action or animated. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, so the most obvious comparison is the terms of aesthetic tone and the main character wearing, well, in this case, a big shiny bucket head, just like, you know, we see with Iron Man. Right. Um, it, it's just the, the story, if you, it, it's called why the Rocketeer is a perfect superhero origin film or origin movie. Um, mm-hmm. it's on Colander, <laughs> Colander. On Collider, and it was pu- right. it was published on the twenty fourth of, of June. Right, definitely is something you want to check out. Uh, it just goes through and talks about how you know Rocketeer was essentially a B B tier character, just like right. a lot of the characters in the MCU. Right, um, it's a character who you know is flawed in very in some very fundamental ways stumbles upon a great source of power, uh, has ambitions, um, you know, that simultaneously symbolizes his wildest dreams mm-hmm. and great personal fa- failings. Eventually a showdown with an enemy who, who will use that same technology for evil, evil purposes and ends up emphasizing the better part, um, for good. The most glaring difference between the Rocketeer and Iron Man is the fact that one bombed its way out of a franchise and the other one soared to a $585 million worldwide, uh, kicking off a decade of Marvel movies that include mm-hmm. includes eight different billion-dollar earners. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's... I never really thought about it until you started quoting this article. But, I mean, the Rocketeer... An argument could be made that it's kind of a period piece Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the thing about uh, the Rocketeer, what you say, you know, car- people, you know, characters with with flaws. And this is also true of the MCU. And this is, I think, one of the strengths of the MCU is that they do have the flaws. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, See, and I think. I- you have the, one of my favorite quotes from Shakespeare is some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Right. The Rocketeer was definitely a case of the latter one. Right? Yes. I, now, the thing is, like, I, I, I love that movie. From the, and I, I wasn't fortunate enough to see it in the theater. I was able to catch it afterwards. I loved it. I get I and I could easily see it as a period piece Iron Man. And the thing is I fit it in there with Flash Gordon, the Phantom, the Shadow, the Spirit, and uh, yeah the let's see Flash Gordon, the Shadow, the Spirit, the Phantom. and they're pulp and the Phantom. They're all yeah these all these pulp heroes. I was so disappointed that we did not get more of the Rocketeer. I, I would love for Disney Plus, if you're listening, Kylan is willing to let go of the whole thing with uh, since we're not going to get most wanted. If you're thinking about maybe looking for a period piece, how about Rocketeer? Just throwing it out there. Or you do a sequel one. And yes, I'm actually asking for a sequel. Uh you do like a generational thing. Oh, like yeah. Maybe maybe Cliff Secord's grandkid. Oh, discovers you, it. You you mean sort of like the Disney Junior cartoon that they did last year? Does it does a Rocketeer cartoon? There was a Rocketeer cartoon. Yeah, I bet they messed it up, didn't they? Um the series focuses on a young girl named Kit Secord who receives the family jetpack for her birthday and uses it to protect the town of Hughesville from various villains. Okay, that actually doesn't sound too bad. No. no. Hughesville. Hughesville after Howard Hughes, I'm sure. Yep. Right. Now, here, here's the, for me, I thought the Rocketeer was a much older character than he is. Right. You want to take a guess on when Rocketeer made his first appearance? I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll let Eric go first. I'm going to say early 30s. I would not rule out late 20s. You, sir? Sorry. I'll rephrase that. Memory serves me right. There was a video game. And so I was working in the drugstore and I was reading, I think it was like 
computer computer gaming monthly or something like that. I'm going to say that that was the first appearance, 1988. The only okay. Are you talking fir- about the first officially licensed Rocketeer game was in, on NES in 1991? Okay. Uh, what about the the comic slash graphic novel that the movie was based on? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I, I, I am double checking because in Marvel, there was a superhero or super villain team called Rocketeers. But the Rocketeer, the comic book character. Yes. Introduced April 1982. Okay. Now, see, I knew there was a comic before that, but just the way that the period piece i felt the period piece part of it i did too i thought it it was older yeah it felt like it was based on something older kind of like the the flash gordon comics or mm -hmm. the comics and actually and actually it was it was influenced um Dave Stevens gave the series the retro nostalgic feel influenced by King of the Rocket Men and Commando Cody. Commando Cody, yes. I've the seen some serials. of the old show, uh, the old movie serials, and yeah, it definitely has that strong a feel to yeah. it. But um, he originally appeared in Pacific Comics uh, and has more recently uh, publishers been in Pacific Comics, Eclipse Comics, Comico, Dark Horse, and is currently IDW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now, none of these. Pacific ended up moving to Eclipse when they were liquidated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eclipse, yeah. I was trying to see if there was a Marvel tie at all, and there's not. Anyway, but I thought there was a Marvel tie to it at some point, but it, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I'm not catching right. with any of the groups. I'm not catching um, a Marvel tie to any of them. So I know Dark Horse and IDW had a working relationship, but none of them were part of like Malibu, where they were absorbed by, by Marvel. Right, 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 right. They just right. had creators who work for them, but mm-hmm. um, but with the Rocketeer, I could easily see. You know, if this was a Marvel character, Howard Hughes becomes Howard Stark. Yeah. Yeah. This very well could have been a Stark Industries or Stark Motors creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the it, yeah, because it, it could be, you could also tie it in with uh, with Captain America. With exactly. Is the SSR. Mm-hmm. Because, you know. In the movie The Rocketeer, the Germans were working on a rocket, mm-hmm. just like you know Hughes was. So you could have Hydra working on that, right? Yep. Yeah. Now within Marvel, there was the Rocketeers, are beings who wear special costumes with rockets on their backs, enabling the wearers to fly. Okay, that comment you just want to go. No, duh. Uh, so many characters have rocket packs. Yes. The Rocketeers also fire fire rockets as weapons from portable launching equipment they carry. Rocketeers yes. costumes. Rocket racer. The Rocketeers costumes and equipment were designed by the Dire Wraths for use against the Space Knights of Galador. Rocketeers. Dire Rom. Yeah. 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 We. Yeah. We're not going to ever see that. <laughs> Rocketeer's costumes are, however, inferior imitations of their prototype, which was worn by Torpedo until his death. And that armor got discovered by an Asian-American young girl and her friend. I can't remember the friend's name. Mm -hmm. And she became the new warrior known as Turbo. Yeah. Okay. I remember Turbo. But really... Torpedo didn't have rocket packs. He had those little turbans on his ankles and his wrists. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So in many ways, we could, the MCU can thank the Rocketeer, Joe, Joe Johnson and his film, for essentially the formula. Except Marvel figured out the formula on how to make it work instead of being a bomb. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the fact that there was some some name recognition with Iron Man and also name recognition with uh, 
Robert Downey Jr. Right. And also you got to, you cannot discount the importance of marketing because, you know, case in point, John Carter. <laughs> yes. Solo a Star Wars story. Yeah. I mean, both those movies are not bad movies. No. No. But, you know, John Carter, uh, the the marketing and merchandising approach uh, and God, who who and who was it? The director, uh, Andrew Stanton, was it? I think so. Uh, well, the director assumed that John Carter was a household name, and he really isn't. No. And so it it's it can be something as simple as one fallacy line of thinking, right? That could doom a movie. And I think I, I think that. If you know Disney had marketed the Rocketeer differently, it might have had a better run at the theater. Right, I agree. And I'm not saying that the Rocketeer was a perfect movie. Uh, there are it there are a few weak spots here and there, but all in all, it's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. It. I would love to have seen it. Well, of course, this would have to have been like from an alternate timeline. A, a variant Rocketeer, where it is packaged as a prototype MCU movie, where you have the uh, Howard Stark instead of Howard Hughes, and you do have you know Hydra working on the the German equivalent, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll never know, will we? No, no. But moving on, like I said, I found that to be an interesting article. And mm-hmm. obviously, uh, look at the discussion we had with it. It, yeah. it, it, it is an interesting yeah. article. It, it, it is. It's, it's, an is. Interesting, it's an interesting subject for conversation. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Eric, you mentioned you had a write-up about this week's episode of um, of Loki. It's Lament, yes. Which this week's title is uh, Lamentous. Lamentous. Before, it is a lamentous occasion. Before we get there. I think we need a spoiler alert, too. Zoe's going to hate me for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to thread this one in. Spoiler alert. And if you didn't okay. understand if you didn't understand that one. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Got to get us back to Colson. We won't tell Zoe if you don't. Okay. Okay. So at the end of episode two, we had where Lady Loki, but she prefers to be called Sylvie. She, uh, she pretty much bombed the sacred timeline with tons of TVA reset charges, okay? So uh, everything has become unraveled, and we are we basically have a multiverse of madness starting. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she left the MCU version of Walmart through a portal, and Loki ran off after her. Right. Okay. So we go back to, uh, let's see, where are we? I am trying to see. Okay, that is not supposed. That is not the best recap that I've ever seen. But anyway, uh, you can always use the event report from Marvel.com. Uh, you have that up, don't you? I do. You want me to send it over your way? Uh, either send it over my way, or you just go ahead and read it off to us. Hey Thursday, won't you launch this over to Eric? Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing I love about Thursday. She is just so on it. She is. Even on a Saturday. Oh, hello, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't pretend you weren't paying attention. Okay. So Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Jeez. So, yes, in order to evade a pruding by Judge Renslayer and her Minutemen, Loki opens a time door. Um, oh, wait, we need to back up a little bit to where he left. Uh, he left the the rocks cart, as it was, and uh, wound up there back at the TVA, mm-hmm. where Sylvie is making her way and actually uh, wiping the floor with several Minutemen, well, those mm. that she disintegrate, yeah. uh, and, and is pretty much there at the... Uh, at the location for the the you know the timekeepers 
when Loki catches up with her. But as it turns out, the portal that they use to get back to the TVA is there in the locker room where Loki gets his daggers back. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. like that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, so the the inevitable standoff occurs. Uh, Loki with his daggers and Sylvie with her sword, which is pretty even Stevens. But uh, Renslayer and her Minutemen show up. Uh, Sylvie tries to take Loki hostage and does the old, if you take one step closer, I'll kill him, which Renslayer is pretty much totally down with. But before anything else can happen, Loki steals Sylvie's Tempad. That's what they call the little wrist tablets. Templad. Tempad. I keep wanting to say Templad, and that's just not right. Mm. Uh, and they right. disappear through another portal. Mm. There's just one problem. Uh, as Sylvie said, all of the apocalypses that are programmed into that Tempad. Uh, Loki just sent them to the absolute worst. This is uh, the moon of Lamentus One in the year 2077, which is the 100th anniversary of Star Wars. Right. Yep. How many iterations of Jar Jar Binks will we have by 2077? That's all I got to know. <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, moi, moi. <laughs> So as it turns out, Lamentus One is a well where they're at is like a mining town, uh, and the apocalypse that is impending is the planet of Lamentus is blowing up. It is in the process of disintegrating. The planet is going to collide with the moon, and everybody on either one dies a horrible, lingering death. Right. So basically, they are in the classic standoff type scenario where Loki has the Tempad. Tem I'm just going to call it the little doohickey. Uh, Loki has the doohickey and has hidden it using his magic. Well, Sylvie is not as well versed in magic, though she does know how to enchant people. That is her primary. That's her primary thing, which makes us think. Of course, this is the MCU's Enchantress. And while she's not as good at magic as Loki is, she's more tech savvy than Loki is. Yes. Well, and the standoff is created in the fact that the doohickey's battery is dead, so they can't portal out. Loki has it, but he can't recharge it. Sylvie can recharge it, but she doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. So basically, they find themselves in the tried and true, we have to work together, even though we don't trust each other further than we can throw a cheesecake underwater. So exactly. basically, they are trying to find a source of power strong enough to repower the doohickey. Uh, well, this is actually leading them to a train that is going to the evacuation ship. Mm -hmm. uh, Loki... Impersonates a guard and gets as far as meeting up with Private Hudson and Corporal Hicks. Those names sounds familiar. They should. That's an Easter egg. I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. Mm -hmm. I thought the one guy was Matt Damon until I looked it up on IMDb. It wasn't. Okay. But it that's was. Not, that's happened. But it was. I thought it was. I thought it really that was. That was another cool cameo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting but, for it. Yeah. But while Loki has uh, his impersonation gets them so far, uh, Sylvie enchants the guard asking for tickets who lets them on the train. Uh, so they get on board the train. The train leaves on the way to the city that's got the evacuation ship. Right. And that leads to a scene in the club car where there's, well, he's drinking for the both of them. <laughs> Yeah. And, and of course, they do the chit chat and Loki is talking all about, you know, Frigga and growing up in Asgard. And she is saying very, very little. Well, as it turns out, she falls asleep and she wakes up to drunken Loki, who is no longer dressed as a guard, leading the bar in a song. He is he is singing 
in Asgardian and English. Everybody in the crew in the in the room seems to be you know drunk as a skunk and having a good old time along with him, except for one guy who looks we- looks weird at Loki and leaves the car. As one can imagine, Sylvie is not very happy at this, and that. Gets uh, that gets realized a couple minutes later when the guy who left the car comes back with guards. Mm-hmm. Um, violence ensues, and in the process, they are both well, Loki is thrown out a window, and Sylvie just kind of jumps out the window after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, the uh, the little doohickey, the Tempad, uh, pulls out, it is crushed beyond repair. Yep. <clears throat> So now it doesn't matter if they have a power source or not. They cannot use it to portal off the planet. So then the plan gets to, well, do the people on board the evacuation ship make it off? No, that ship is destroyed and nobody escapes. Right. So the plan then becomes, okay, we're going to go hijack the evacuation ship and we're going to make it out. So they get to town and, of course, the ship is full. They they are not allowing anybody else in, so they say, okay, well, we're going to combination fight slash sneak our way to the ship. Mm-hmm. They almost get there when a meteor crashes into the ship and destroys it. And on that note, the episode is over with. Yep. Yep. And, you know, there was so much that happened in that episode. It honestly felt like 30 minutes. Yeah, like it, I mean, it just went from one thing to another. I'm like, oh my god! It was it was only seventeen seventeen fifty nine. No, just kidding. We could actually talk for three shows with just every little thing that went that happened, but that is pretty much the the nutshell recap. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say it right here, right now, guys. I am rapidly losing interest in this show. Okay. I, I've said it. Because and the the reason for this is very simple. Mm-hmm. What did we like about Loki? Well, all right, I won't speak for all of us. I'll speak purely for myself. What I liked about Loki in the MCU up until this point was that no matter what happened to him, mm-hmm. no matter what situation he found himself in, mm-hmm. the gears were always turning. Yeah. He was a master schemer. He was practically the god of mischief. You should have just called him the god of schemes. Right. right. He always had an angle. Yeah. If his mouth was running, you had to figure out what what was it? What were you going to lose out if you listened to him? Yeah. You couldn't trust him. You couldn't. Um, even if he told you the sky was blue, you would have to look out the window just to make sure. Yeah, he was good at it. He was always he always was in control of the situation, or at least he was trying to take control of the situation. Correct. Uh, it there's a he he utters the quote in this episode. You know, brute force is no match for diplomacy and guile. Mm-hmm. That's not this Loki anymore. No, no. The the god of schemes, the ultimate planner. The the one who's behind every misdirection, every illusion, the the qualities that made him a worthy opponent, worthy adversary to the Avengers, to Thor, pretty much anybody that he that he came across is like he's playing a a chess game with everybody, and he was three moves ahead of you. That quality is completely gone from this version of Loki. Now, I, I realize that in order to make the threat credible that Sylvie represents, she has got to be out Lokiing Loki. Right. Right. You know, I totally get that. You have to make the threat real. You have to have Loki at a disadvantage because that's how he comes. That just makes his triumph in the end all that sweeter. Right. And 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 that's a situation that is foreign to us because in 10 years, well, now at this point, what, 11 years, uh, 11 years and 20 plus movies, uh, Loki has always 
had an angle like you yeah. you've never it, it so th- this is unfamiliar territory I, and i I'm, I'm the same way with you uh, i i it's it's weird to me to see him out of his element that's yeah. pretty much the only way i could put it now there are scenes where you know his his carefully laid plans you know th- they get thwarted like say where hawkeye shoots the arrow at him in the first avengers movie Mm-hmm. And he catches it, and he's just kind of like he—he he was about to just give Hawkeye some crap at a distance when all of a sudden it explodes. Mm-hmm. Or when he's trying to mind control Tony, and he winds up hitting the arc reactor, and it's not right. working. Right. And of course the 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 ragdoll slamming around by Hulk. Yes. I mean, he has moments where he's caught off guard. He's been outsmarted. You know, and. Before we started recording tonight, I was watching Thor Ragnarok again because it's, you know, it's a favorite. And where Thor plants the little control disc on him without him knowing, I mean, that is like the ultimate I've outsmarted you, brother. Right. The Those moments should not happen very often. They shouldn't. No, no. Because, it, because the, the master schemer cannot get out-schemed very often. Right. No. It's kind of like in the world of college football. You don't beat the University of Alabama very often. No. So when you do, it's a momentous occasion. Honestly, right now, the Loki that I am seeing in this series, it started off good when he first hits the, the TVA. His magic doesn't work there. That's understandable. But even when he's away from the TVA, Loki just is it, it's not Loki. Right. I mean, Al Bundy could outsmart this Loki at times. Ouch. <laughs> Dang! I mean, that is literally the 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 vibe that I get. And I mean, I mean, with the, with the planet about to blow up, their only way off planet has been destroyed. Right. They they can't portal out. No. What's going to have to happen in the next episode is Mobius or Renslayer and the Minutemen show up and take them both back into custody. At that last moment. At that very last moment. And, and, I, I, I don't see. And Eric's, I just, and Eric's burn ahead. is just as good as. That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice. But we did. I'm not seeing very many flashes of the Loki that we have come to love slash fear slash hate in the MCU. Right. 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 No, part of that is intentional. I know. It's it's almost like he he's accepted the fact that he's a variant and not the Loki he thinks he is, or thought he was. There's that, and the other thing, and I I I think this is the thing that bothers me the most about it is Loki's superpower is his ability to think himself out of a situation. This Loki, it was like once he found out that magic didn't work in the TVA, it was almost like he was declawed. And I'm like, Loki should still, you, your gear should still be turning. You still should be trying to find a way to manipulate the situation for you, you know, to your favor. That's what the Loki that I would know would do. Um it's like the gears are turning, but the gears are stripped now. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it seems like as soon as he saw that video, what happens to happens to him on the sacred timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like he's given up. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going, well, I don't care. How do we continue making this what it is? And his fight to get to the time, to the time Lords. It, it, time keepers. To the time keepers. Time, time Lords. lords mm-hmm. Completely different franchise. I totally forgot. They were Marvel related in the 70s, though. Sorry. Yes. And that was a really cool series, too. Um, yes. It, it's one of those, you know, Sylvie seems more anxious to get to the timekeepers than than him. Well, it, it's kind of like Loki has 12% of a plan and literally nothing more. Sylvie has. You the- know, I thought we were having a moment. I was having 12% of a moment. Yes. And it's like, it's like there is a Loki there and it's Sylvie. Mm-hmm. 
Which even then, and even then, Sylvie does does not seem to be doing the scheming and the the mental chess games three moves ahead like Loki is supposed to be. Right now, and I'm just gonna throw that, and we kind of mentioned this earlier. Well, pre-show, I'm just gonna throw it out here now, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm completely fine if I am. In fact, I kind of hope that I am. But I wonder if what's happening here is where this the the point of this show, along with setting us up for uh, Quantumania, is that I say Quantumania and Multiverse of Madness. I think that's what we're getting set up. But I wonder if also we're about to say goodbye to Loki and hello to... Enchantress. Well, Loki is one of the the last remaining characters from Phase One. But the mm-hmm. last remaining major characters. I mean, we right. still have Thor, and we still have Hawkeye. Right. And we've got a a smattering of others. But I mean, he is he is easily the most iconic character still around. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know. Contracts only last so long. True. Right. Is this is this possibly a way that we're getting a quote unquote new Loki? It's possible. Um, if this is going to be a new recurring villain, possibly. Uh, but there is a lot of overlap between Sylvie and Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many Lokis the MCU can handle. Right. I would I would say that Kylan, you are probably closer to the truth than any of us would like to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we are going to be back to one Loki after this series, right? Whether that's Tom Hiddleston's Loki or Sylvie Loki, maybe. maybe I honestly don't know. Maybe another Loki. And, and, and that's possible, too. I mean, how, how many episodes is this series? Six. So and we are. We at three. Yep. We are. Yeah, point. we wrapped it. Yeah, three. Three is in the can. Three is on the air. Now, so we're at the halfway point. Now, granted, this is the point where everything is the darkest, just like in any movie or season or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are in the Empire Strikes Back of, of this yeah. <laughs> storyline you're not wrong now here have y'all heard the theory about what's happening in the tva or with the loki series uh-uh they when at when mobius at was asked what time period or what time is it they go don't know it kind of just stands still mm-hmm. and what's the only way in and out of the tva it's those portals mm. okay right to other people Oh, let's start with uh, Scott Van- Scott Lang mm-hmm. said he wasn't sure how long he was in the uh, in the quantum room. Right. Uh, Janet Van Dyne says she wasn't sure how long she was in the quantum room. Right. What if the TVA is in the quantum realm? You know, I, I had somebody um, I had somebody send something to me is that it- was. Pretty much along those lines. Is it the picture that has the uh, supposedly the image of a city in the far background? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and that's something because uh, I, I, I believe in that particular article. It did mention that uh, we see something that appears to be the same city that you see in uh Ant-Man and the Wasp and yeah. the fact that they both said that time moves differently here. So, I mean, yeah. It would be I I could see that. I I could see that the TVA if the TVA happened to be based out of a outside if you're going to be based outside of time to a certain degree, I mean, that would be the place to do it. Well, also think about this. Where else have we seen where time run doesn't really follow the norm? Sakar. Okay. Right. Right. I the TVA could be somewhere like there. For all we know, Sakar is in a quantum realm unto itself. Right. Because base what do they always say? You know, your your home here, you can never go back. 
Hotel California. Yeah, there you go. Basically, it's very much Hotel California. So you have, you know, how does people, how do people get there? They come through portals. All the garbage comes through portals. And even the devil's anus is, uh, let's see, how did Banner put it? It was like a uh, collapsing neutron star inside an Einstein-Rosen bridge. Hey. The TVA could be in the quantum realm. It could be in a place kind of like Sakaar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or Sakaar could be in a quantum place of its own. Right. I just thought it was an interesting theory. It, it is an interesting theory. It um, is. I agree. So, um, I guess Easter eggs and references in this episode. Uh, Lamentus, for one. It was first introduced in the pages of Annihilation, the Conquest prologue, mm-hmm. which was the very story that established the modern incarnation of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, to be clear, Loki takes place on Lamentus 1, a moon of Lamentus, and it's the planet itself that is breaking up and crashing into the moon, not the other way around. Right. Uh, Sylvie, Lady Loki, the Enchantress. Basically, they're saying, uh, this is from Den of Geek. Um, there's a lot of clarity about this particular Loki variant. Uh, but despite her Sylvie name, it's being, the balance is being tipped in the direction of her being a true Lady Loki, of her being a true Lady Loki and not the Sylvie Lushton version of Enchantress. Right. But they're not saying she's not not Sylvie slash Enchantress. Well, I think I think that we are seeing. I think she is the MCU's Enchantress. Right now, as we know, MCU versions of characters don't always a hundred percent mesh up with the comics versions. Mm-mm. So, you know, take a little bit here, take a little bit there. Right, it, it like. Best example I can think of, the Falcon. Mm. Comics Falcon was a drug dealer that basically went straight and became an Avenger. Well, this Falcon, the MCU Falcon, he wasn't a drug dealer. He he was a... He was um, Air Force, I think. Yeah, Air Force. uh, Like Special Forces medic, wasn't he? Something like that. You mean, yeah, in the movie, well, in the MCU, he's, he was... Air Force, I get. Yeah, he was a me- he was definitely an Air Force medic, and that's how he got the uh, the wing suit, the Falcon suit, I guess. Yeah. Know, so, okay. I think he was originally a medic. Then the, he, you know, they tapped him for like a special special forces doing the prototype. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what I've got from Marvel from Heroes Wiki. Uh, he was military career. Uh, he joined the U.S. Air Force, serving two tours and eventually becoming a para rescueman assigned to the 58th Rescue Squadron. He was mm-hmm. a test pilot for the X-07 Falcon. Um, Falcon, along with his wingman Riley. Um, during a mission, Riley was killed after he was hit by an RPG and Wilson could do nothing to save him. After his losing his friend, he, f- he found that he had a hard time trying to find reason to continue serving and soon left the military and focused his, e- his efforts on helping soldiers suffering with PTSD. Mm-hmm. So in many ways for the Avengers, he, he is the medic, right? Medic and yeah. rescue. Mm-hmm. So, um, I find it interesting. WandaVision definitely sets up Dr. Strange, right? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well, who who knows exactly what that's setting up? It's setting up something we know. Exactly. What uh maybe setting up the new Black Panther series or what next movie? Black Panther movie. Um it may be setting up uh maybe the I Marvels think there has been, or the I Eternals. Think said, I think they have said that they that there will be a new Captain America movie starring yeah, Sam. This cap. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that thing was going to be Captain America. Is that going to be Captain America four? Yeah, it'd be Captain four. Cap four. Yeah. 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 Cap one, first Avenger. Cap two, Winter Soldier. Cap three, Civil War. So yeah, this will be Cap four. Cap yeah, four. So. Cap. It, it'd be like the first three caps was Jurassic Park. This cap will be Jurassic World. <laughs> It's, to, it's a continue. It's a continuation, yet a reboot at the same time. Right. Um. Maybe Captain America or and Winter Soldier, as it ended that way, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, is setting up Shang-Chi, especially with Sharon, with Sharon uh, on Madripoor. Well, here's the thing. 
no single no single TV series, miniseries, no single movie in the MCU sets up just one thing. No. Right. It's going to set up multiple things, but what was the primary thing it's helping set up? Right. I mean, there is a the primary setup. Falcon, but, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I haven't gotten that one picked. Loki seems like it's setting up, um, may have ties with um, Doctor Strange, may have ties with Thor, Love and Thunder. May, may have ties with Quantumania. It may have ties with Quantumania. So could it feed all three? Most Absolutely. likely. And, and probably. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Where, where, you know, where do you go? Where do you want to go today? I want to go home. I mean, sorry. Okay. I I do I do have a I I have a couple of questions about some a couple Easter eggs. Uh-huh. No, no, that number was one, not Channing Tatum. I'm glad, <laughs> but and that froze Kylan. You had to say the name. If I say it again, does it bring him back? Channing Tatum. It didn't work. Yeah. So I I was I, I'm glad that I'm glad there wasn't him, <laughs> but I'm just wondering. Uh, the woman that was in the the house trailer that was in the desert, uh, was there any significance in that character? None that I'm aware of outside of just the standard, this is my home, I ain't going to run, I'll die here if I, if I must. Okay. Ba- basically an NPC to, to help get the story moving along. Basically, right. basically to, show, to show Sylvie what, Loki is capable of doing right, right. and the shape shifting. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. she, yeah, I, I saw her as basically a way to further drive home the fact that neither one of them is going to get through this by themselves. Right, right. And, and now, for for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, the the two uh, officers that Loki comes across on the train. Um, I think that's just an Easter egg because somebody was a fan of aliens. Okay. Corporal oh. Hicks and Private Hudson. If you've seen the movie Aliens, you know who those two are. Um, Game over, man. Game over. God, what was his name? I blank. Um, I blank on the actor's name. Bill Paxton. Bill yeah. Paxton. Yes. Who was also in Agents of Shield. Yes, he was. Right. Game over, man. Game I over. Hate, I hate that they never called him Aquarius because that's what his character was in the comics. I think if he hadn't passed away and was able to still continue to do the show, he would have potentially been called Aquarius. Well, right. maybe or maybe not, seeing as like he got blown up. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard. I mean, granted, this is this is Marvel, but it's it's kind of hard to come back in the MCU when you've been reduced to uh, gooey salsa. That is true. He could have come back under another identity. Wait, wait, no, wait uh, an LMD? No. You know what? That'd be a perfect way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, we got LMD Colson. You know. Could, he could have come back as a gelatinous being with mutant powers. You were um, just trying to find a way to work the word gelatinous into this conversation, weren't you? That too. In your or dupe. Are you are you needing dupe? Is that what you're trying to say? Or yep. say it, yeah, yeah. Boom but but, but is dupe. <laughs> Who is a gelat- who's a gelatinous mutant that's uh hey, he, sex he, machine to all the chicks? Doop. Can you dig it? <laughs> That dupe is one bad. Shut your mouth. I just talked about dupe. And we can dig it. <laughs> He's a gelatinous creature, and no one understands him but his woman. Dupe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. now this is all this talk about life model decoys. I want to see ones of the Howling Commandos. That's how we I can w- get your Howling Commandos series. Exactly. I mean, because I mean, in the comics, that's what ultimately what happens with uh, Dum Dum. Yeah. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. Yes, the latest Howling Commando series. They were being led by an LMD of Dum Dum. Yeah. Yeah. But I was not a fan of the quote unquote Monster Squad with that. Well, 
I don't want a howling commandos with werewolves and I want the commandos. Well, they were literally howling commandos. They were howling commandos. <sighs> was anyway. <laughs> is director Nick Fury of S-H-I-E-L-D. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an acronym. Oh, like Alka. Yes, except it's cool. And the unwritten joke or the unmentioned joke in that little soundbite is that Alka, O-W-C-A, it stands for Organization Without a Cool Acronym. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, any final thoughts, guys? Haven't we thought it enough? Quite possibly. Uh, yeah, I think I thought it enough. And uh, I, I, okay, I will say, you know, I'm curious to see what's going. How, how is Loki and Enchantress getting out of this one? Uh, and and ex- where exactly is it going? Um, I mean, to a certain degree, by this point, you know, in WandaVision, it was, the, the, you know, the, the crazy was still going on, but you kind of had a sense of where things were going. Uh, and the same could be said for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I don't know where things are going right now. And, and you know what? And that may be okay. You know, that we for all we know, we may end up being on a crazy thrill ride and then by end up be like, okay, you know what? I'm this is cool. I didn't need to know that that bit by the time we got to the end here, but you know, I, I kinda would like a sense of direction. I really don't have it right now. Yeah. Not what, for this show anyway. What I see happening is Mobius and the TVA shows up at the last possible minute to rescue them from Lamentus. Mm-hmm. And they have to, you know, Loki and Sylvie have to work together in order to basically they've got to repair the timeline. Right. And they have to do it together. And one of them goes bye bye at the end of the series. Right. Those are pretty I big. I agree with this. That, that's a uh, very vague bullet point checklist, but that's how I see this going down. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. Kylan, any other final thoughts from you guys? Kylan, Eric? Mm, no. Uh, actually, I caught this. We may be seeing Abomination and Wong in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. They, may, they may have been teased in the latest trailer. And that trailer is awesome, by the way. I had that trailer sneak by me. And I didn't know. I have not seen it yet, but, uh, you know, I'm down with more Wong. I like Wong. I like Wong, too. You you know, you can't go wrong with Wong. Actually, you're right. I think I think that we're going to see either. uh, I I think that we're going to see a connection between Iron Fist and uh, Shang-Chi. I I get this feeling that Kung Lun is going to show up or have some kind of presence. And maybe that's just me. Wishing, but the thing is, the way the rings operate in the trailer looks a lot like the way uh, Danny's chi looks when he uses the Iron Fist. And I think that there's something about that, about how certain types of magic or mystic powers work similarly. Well, that's why I think there's nothing that's that's preventing the Kun Lun from basically harnessing that same power as one of the rings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like harnessing the Tesseract for, for weapons. Right. It is, which is what Hydra did. Right. Yep. So, uh, if no one else has anything else, then, uh, who wants to call it? Um, uh, Olson. Okay, of the th- three of us, who wants to call it? I'll do it. All right. Uh, so um, uh, Thursday, um, looks like that's it. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. Still plenty of time to save the day. That too. Thank you.
gentlemen, it looks like we are going on an evil road trip. Oh, shotgun! You do not fit in the shotgun position! 